Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Inner Path Podcast. I'm your host Bia and as always I'm really really excited to be here. I think today I'm particularly excited because we have a special guest coming to our show. So her name is Janelle Gorman. She is a mother and father wound mentor. Her mission is all about giving you and teaching you the tools so you can heal from your own parent wounds, so you can come home to yourself, find wholeness, and ultimately break free from your past and your childhood traumas or anything that is holding you back from becoming the most authentic and liberated version of yourself. And I think today's episode is filled with wisdom and insight, and it's so, so, so powerful, guys. I'm just, I can't wait for you to hear it. We had the call via Zoom, so as you know already, the quality isn't as usual, but I think it's so worth it. And yeah, I don't want to waste any more seconds. Like, let's just dive right into it. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm really excited for today's conversation and also realized that Father's Day is coming. So I feel like today is the perfect day to talk about this. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like Father's Day is definitely one of those days that brought a lot of awareness to what I wasn't truly going into when it came to my healing journey prior to going into Mm -hmm. it. So I think it'd be really impactful to talk about the father wound and all about it. Yeah, literally, I think, obviously, and we're gonna dive into it, in in a little bit but obviously there's also the mother won't and although I find that it's just as important mm-hmm. I think that it makes sense for us to dive deep into this one because I think it impacts a lot of things and when we mix up both of them it can be a little hard to maybe like differentiate them or like understand understand the depth of each one of them Absolutely. so I'm glad we're doing this yeah you know and the father wound is what got me into this healing journey to begin with. And then shortly after I realized I had the mother wound. So this is like my bread and butter of my why. So I'm really looking forward to speaking more in behalf of the father wound solely. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because uh, when I started my healing journey, for me, it was always obvious that I had the father wound Mm -hmm. or AKA what I used to call it, daddy issues. (laughs) Um, Literally, I've always known because it was really obvious for me. And then I started working through my mother wound. Actually, I'm still kind of working through it. And I feel like I'm I'm still at the surface of that wound. And it's so funny how like eventually you just have to come back to your parents. Um, and before we go into that, I guess you're talking about the fact that you started with the father wound. But how did your journey start like at all? Like you, you're obviously a coach and just for the audience, like, what was your process until you got to where you're at today? So I'm going to do my best to sum it up because I can just go on. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so literally. first things first is growing up when I was three, my parents divorced and that divorce was really hard on me. I ended up going to therapy at three. Like, I don't even know what went on in those um, <laughs> sessions, but anywho, I yeah. went through a lot of regression. So it was really difficult for me to have both parents separated And my dad moved about two hours away, which is my first sign of abandonment growing up as a child, you know, regardless if a parent leaves us or not, we perceive it as abandonment. That's a big thing when it comes to the Mm -hmm. father wound. And having saw my dad just about bi-monthly was not enough for a child. And unfortunately, the court system at the time 
thought it was. And as a child, I'm just doing with what I'm told. So seeing my dad just about yeah. every other weekend was already a wound of itself. And it really brought a lot of awareness to me where when I would go down there, it, w- it was great. But at the same time, there was something off and I knew it. And I've always been very empathic as a child. And I feel like for those of us are listening, Mm -hmm. when we've dealt with childhood trauma, we have like these extra spidey senses. And as we get older, we realize they can be a blessing and a curse. Yeah. (laughs) But for me, I was very empathic and I knew something was off, but I couldn't entirely understand what it was. And I realized, of course, after my dad passed away when I was nine to drug overdose, But prior to that, I always felt responsible Mm. for my father. I always needed to make sure I called him every day. I needed to make sure he answered because something in me told me he might not answer one day. And that was the big indicator of now having gone so deep into my father wound work. It's where parentification was so prevalent. And parentification, for those who don't know, it's when the child has to parent the parent. And a lot of times a child is unaware of it. And it's almost like this invisible cloak that we have of feeling the need to take care of our parent when it really should have been the other way around. And that's how it was when it came Mm -hmm. to my father, always feeling responsible. And having lost my father when I was nine to a drug overdose was something that I did not know how to process it. And a lot of the times these wounds in general, especially the father wound, it's we don't generally process it because it's too hard on our bodies. And if we were abandoned by our father, Mm -hmm. if we had a neglectful father, if our father was abusive or highly critical or addicted to a substance, what we tend to do as a child or daughter or son is kind of to just brush it off. Mm -hmm. And that was my thing. I just brushed it off. I literally remember laughing at my father's funeral when I was nine because I just didn't know how to deal with that emotion. And then as I got older, I realized that it was just me avoiding it. Anytime someone would talk about their dad or I'm like, oh, yeah, my dad passed away. Anyways, like I would completely disconnect and not allow myself to go into those emotions, which is what many of us do. And that's why these wounds impact us so significantly when it comes to relationships predominantly. It's a big thing that father wounds sabotage us in. Mm -hmm. And The more I was going into my teenage years and high school, I constantly was looking for validation, external validation for men in particular, and just wanting to fit in and to feel loved and to feel beautiful. But it was all looking externally because I didn't feel that within myself because I was never received of that growing up Mm -hmm. with my dad since he left at such a young age and I was dating emotionally unavailable men. I know we briefly talked about that, which we'll go into Um, (laughs) emotionally unavailable men and just being in situations that I knew were not serving me. And it was a lot of self-abandonment. It was a lot of, well, this person, if he wants me to wear this, I'm going to do that because I want to be loved. I want to be chosen. And it always felt competitive when it came to being chosen by a man and I just ignored that. And the only things that really brought it up until I actually owned it and went into it was Father's Day was a big trigger of mine. Yeah. And seeing all the pictures with my friends with their dads, um, like highlighting their dads on Father's Day. And I'm just like, ugh. Like I could feel it. And I'm just like, ugh. Like, and 
that's when you know there's a wound there that you're not willing to go into. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. And also when I would see daughters and fathers like out together and just seeing them enjoying each other, getting ice cream together, like even little things I was aware of, but I would do my best to just ignore it. I notice it and then I'm just brush it off. And that's the worst thing we can do when it comes to trying yeah. to heal this wound. But so many of us do it because it can feel so uncomfortable going into what we haven't gone into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I feel like I relate to your story so much in so many ways, although our stories are, I guess, on a 3D level, they are different. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, I, I just relate to a lot of the things that you said. Uh, my dad was physically abusive. And I remember having a good relationship with him when I was really, really young. But then like, he just kind of sort of, I don't know, he started working. I feel like he got so busy with life and eventually became very bitter. He had a lot of relationship issues with my mom. They were always fighting. And I started feeling invisible in my own house. Um, and it's so crazy because you you were talking about the fact that, you know, it's not that necessarily your dad is abandoning you, like literally, mm-hmm. but you're going to feel that way because as a kid, you obviously don't understand something that my therapist said once is that, you know, as a kid, all you know is your household. That's your whole universe. It's your whole entire reality and perception of the world. So if like your dad, for example, is angry that day and for some reason decides to like shout at you, you're not going to understand that there's something beyond what you're seeing at that moment. You're going to feel like it's your fault. Like probably when your dad was having a weird behavior that was due to his drug abuse, mm-hmm. you probably felt like it was something that you had done or that you, were, you weren't doing enough for some reason. You felt like it was on you because you didn't have that perception. Mm, so good. Yeah, absolutely. Especially my dad was always tired and was always like, let me take a nap first. And yeah, I'm just like, what do you like? I see you every other weekend and it makes me feel like I'm boring or I'm not doing enough. And it's mm-hmm. one thing that Dr. Gaber Mate, um, which is one of my, my mentors who I look up to and read his books and everything. Yeah. And he says that children are narcissists growing up and not in a bad way, but narcissists in the way of we only see things through our lens because we haven't mm-hmm. and we haven't gained the perception of empathy. So everything yeah. is our fault. So what you were saying and what I was yeah. hearing, it's like feeling everything's your fault, even if really like dad's agitation was towards something else, which generally it always is, but then it's projected on to the child, onto you. And then that creates a separation. And one of the other biggest things that I, I you highlighted was that the thing about father and mother wounds, but father wounds in particular, also mother wounds, it's we think it's if I don't have that parent in my life, like with me having lost my father, but also, of course, there was so mm-hmm. much more trauma that happened prior to that. We think, well, if I still have my parent living, my father living, then, you know, what about someone who's lost their parent? They have it worse. Yeah, the comparison. And it's really not. It's really not. And a lot of times the comparison is what keeps us away from actually healing this wound. So we feel like for those. Oh, go ahead. What were you say? No, I was going to say, because it, it almost feels like it's not like we're not worthy of even having that wound in the first place because someone's mm-hmm. had it worse or because, you know, oh, it's not that bad. Or we just, yeah, we brush it off because we feel like 
I guess we don't want to feel like it had that much impact on us. Yes, exactly. And the whole someone else had it worse. I always like to think is an indicator that I'm kind of avoiding whether I'm aware of it or not. And I was like that. I was absolutely Mm -hmm. an avoider of my, like I get of my father wound. And it's really coming to terms that you can still have a father wound, even if your dad literally is still physically present in your life. Mm -hmm. Really, was he there to give you your emotional needs, not your basic needs, your emotional needs? Because that's what you need as a child. We don't, yes, we need shelter and food and water and all of that. But as a child, we need a father that showed up for us emotionally, like daddy, daughter, you know, and that's like mm-hmm. literally your, your first foundation of your first love. And I often say a lot of the times for me, I know it was like, my father was my first heartbreak Yeah, and that set me up yeah. for when it came into relationships with men. I love that. <laughs> it's so true. My dad was for real, my first heartbreak, my first feeling of betrayal, abandonment, of loss, really. Because it's so funny. I, I always had a stronger connection with my dad. Um, and I always craved much more from him, like love from him than, mm. for example, with my mother. Um, and, you know, you were talking about your story. And one of the things that I related to a lot was the fact that you kind of started kind of acting out and for example, like looking for that approval that you didn't get from your dad in other people, especially other men kind of shape shifting in order to just please the guys around you in your life. And I totally relate to that. You talked about self-abandonment, which I Mm. think it's such a big one Um, because you literally like, you don't care who you need to be in order to gain that love. And it's not necessarily a conscious process. I think it's really not when we're younger. It's just that we feel like it's our job to please other people. It's our job to make them love us because if they don't, it's on us. It's our fault. Yes. And especially coming from the Latin culture, Mm -hmm. like with me, all I saw was my mom eat like eating last, my mom doing everything last, you know, and that shows also that everything is before And it's all what the men want and what they want. Yeah. So that's beautiful that you said that because I think that is just, it's so huge to witness that and see that through that lens and acting out, um, acting out. It was more than just, it was more than just validation. It was like sex, drugs, alcohol, like literally anything to not have to feel that wound. And that's what we tend to do without even realizing when we haven't addressed our father wound, we do whatever we can to act out. And it's because, you know, the pain may feel so hard to actually go into. So instead it's, I'm out of this breakup. I'm just going to drink. I'm just going to go find the next person. And I was a serial dater. I was a thousand percent where it would be like next person. Okay. Oh, Okay. This person. Oh, wait, I'm going to go back to my past. Cause I don't have anyone right this second. Like I could never be alone. And yeah. now I like love being alone, but healing. <laughs> yeah, literally. I, I used to be terrified of being by myself. And it's funny because mm-hmm. as a kid, I grew up being very independent because I didn't feel like I had the support of my parents for most things. When I had their support, mm-hmm. it was always like criticism. So it didn't help anyways. And it was like, I felt like I had to become very like hyper independent 
But at the same time, that wound, that specific wound with my dad, like I craved attention. Like I craved love. I craved someone to like tell me I'm their world and that they can't live without me. I was like yes. this hopeless romantic. Well, I'm, st- I'm still, um, but, um, I was like this hopeless romantic type of person. And I would always like romanticize love to a point where I lived for love. Like I lived for my mm-hmm. romantic relationships and, and I think deep down, I liked the, like the downfall of my relationships. Like I liked when it turned into chaos and when I had to deal with the heartbreak, mm-hmm. like somehow it felt good. I, it's so twisted. Familiar. Yeah. Right? I felt familiar and I can totally vouch for that. You know, with me, it was chaos equaled love. Yeah. We're not fighting. I even would have past partners, even though I did talk to many toxic partners <laughs> and they would say, do you like arguing? Do you like fighting? Cause when things were calm, I would find chaos. So mm. even if I, if I wasn't with the toxic guy and I was with a good person at the time, I would sabotage it, which I see a lot with clients and whatnot when they come to me and they have a great partner but their father wound is sabotaging that relationship where they are, they need to have some adrenaline and some spark and what they yeah. think is passionism and, and true love is not let's fight all the time. Yeah. It's not let's be chaotic. Yeah. But if that's what you were shown growing up, that's all, you know, and that's what feels good to your nervous system. And that's why nervous system regulation and self-regulation is so crucial. Cause if not, your nervous system is literally structured to, attract chaos equaling love yeah and it's like until we consciously understand this or at least allow ourselves to admit that we do have this wound because before that like you're just gonna continue like in the loop in the cycle of like over yeah over and over like the same situation in your especially in your partnerships and and deep down you you know that you want something different you know that you want something more and you're like why is every guy like this or why why do men suck for me that was my journey and this is also one of the mm-hmm. reasons why I wanted to talk about this because for a long time I was the the man hater kind of person mm, like yeah. I hated men like passionately you know and I think there's a lot of reasons why but now that I come to think of it, it's because deep down the first person that ever hurt me and the first person that I felt was a bad person was actually my dad. And and I just, yeah, he made me feel betrayed and, and he made me feel like I wasn't enough, like all the other like girls were better than me. There was a lot of body shaming that my dad used to do on me when mm-hmm. I was like a teenager. And eventually I I actually haven't ever talked about this but my dad actually cheated on my mom and I found out when I was like 10 or something and I was helping Mm. my mom like go through all of that while deep down I remember that that was the first feeling that I had of like deep betrayal like I remember feeling it in my chest and I just felt this like wound open up completely and from that moment on I was just like I can't trust anyone And at the same time, always trying to be better because I felt like, you know, if my dad doesn't like feel satisfied or happy with my mom, maybe no one will feel satisfied with me or maybe I'm not enough. Maybe like the people that will be with 
are always going to need more or I need to be prettier or skinnier or whatever. Like it was always, and that's when self-sexualization kind of came in. I was just like, I need to be this like hotter person because I don't want anyone to betray me like that. But my point with this, I feel like I'm going on a tangent is like, and unless you consciously decide to heal this wound, it's going to keep replaying and continue to kind of poison your life. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing with that is I often see, and and I was guilty of this in my past where I would blame everyone. I would blame men. And I'd be like, why the, like, what is wrong with men? But the common denominator, we need to actually get honest and real with ourselves. And that was a hard pill for me to swallow. I was like, I am emotional. Like I am ready for a relationship. Well, you know, our, we mirror a lot of the times what's inside of us. So if I constantly was attracting emotionally unavailable men, something in me did not feel deserving of an emotional man. I truly believe this from my point of view, or else I would have been able to, but something in me wanted to stay in that loop of I'm not enough. And the more that we actually think, whether we're consciously or subconsciously aware of it or unaware of it, we're literally attracting, repelling that energy. If I'm not enough, I'm not enough. So guess what? We're going to attract people who we feel not enough with. Yeah. And that is the biggest thing. So just like you were saying, if we do not get to the bottom of this wound, it will continue to sabotage our life. And for those who are listening, it's you're deserving of a healthy relationship with a partner and you're deserving of the love that you desire. But if we keep allowing the people who truly aren't worthy of us, what are we going to get? We're going to get the same thing. We can't convince someone to love us when they cannot love themselves. That is the biggest thing. And subconsciously, when we are in these relationships or situationships, or even a situation with someone who's a great person, we tend to want them to fulfill the needs that we never received from our father. And that's not fair. And I want to say that. And it's coming back to healing this wound so we can receive unconditional love without condition because that's truly where true fulfillment from within and the divine is is everything yeah yeah because first of all like if you're trying to fill that kind of void inside you even if it's unconsciously you're never going to feel satisfied that's just facts you really need to go there if you want someone else to be like an addition to your life and obviously I think that it is possible that someone like truly like a partnership can be so beautiful. That is, it is possible to have that kind of like romantic movie, like relationship, but also not get trapped in the like romanticization of like um, those movies that are like so toxic, like, Oh, I can't live without you. And, and almost like, you know, (laughs) yeah, that is a codependency to the T. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing when I realized with my father wound in particular, it does bring up, and this is something I don't often talk about because it can be mm-hmm. it's a whole other topic, but I will briefly bring it up where love addiction is a thing. You can have an addiction to love. And a lot of the times the reason being yeah. is because of that need for love that you didn't receive from that parent. So we will literally throw away anything just to get that love. I know I was so guilty of that. It was more like, I just need to be chosen. I could care less about my personal life. I can care less about my work life. It was just everything else. Nothing else mattered. And 
that's the extreme of putting someone on a pedestal. And we tend to do that when we haven't addressed this wound and we forget about ourselves. And when we forget about ourselves, what are we doing? We're self-abandoning. And that's when we get out of our relationship and, and we're like, who the heck am I? Like, that's when we've abandoned ourselves to the point that we don't even know who we are after it ends. Wow. I love that. I think that I, I, I definitely think that I have somewhat of a love addiction. I mean, I'm working through it more than ever, but it's like, it's just, it's literally addicting. Like it gives me something that nothing else does. <laughs> that hit. No drug, that high. nothing. Yes. It's like a high. It's literally. And And it's so crazy because although consciously I know it, like when a guy gives me that thing that I'm looking for, it just makes me want to like, let go of everything. Like, just like you were saying, nothing else matters. All I want to live for is this. Like, I just want to feed myself off of this source over and over again, not like nonstop. And it is very unfair to the person that you're with because they can't carry you. Like, that's the truth. Even if they're the healthiest person. Yeah, they're not. I hate to say that, but they're not your father. And I, and the reason I'm coming from this is because I've seen it through that point of view myself from personal experience. It was just constant being let down, but this person could never give me that, even if they were the most amazing person in the world. And that like, um, kind of created turbulence in my perception of that person Mm -hmm. because I wasn't actually looking at that person for who they were I was looking at am I going to be chosen what can they get are they going to treat me this way are they going to rescue me and that's the thing about the father wound is a lot of times it's wanting to be rescued by that partner and we are whole and complete on our own we are to learn safety within ourselves that we felt from the unsafety that we felt from childhood and then I feel come together but if you are someone who's listening and you are in a relationship, I just want to highlight that you can still address this wound. Mm-hmm. And if anything, I've had clients come to me when they are in relationships and marriages, and it has significantly bettered their relationship yeah, because they're aware when the inner child acts out, they're aware of themselves, they're giving themselves their needs. And they, it just creates a relationship to be even stronger. Yeah. This is why the healing journey is so important. It's because like, no one can really like be that person for you. And if you feel like you can't live without someone or that like somewhat, uh, somehow like when, when you're with someone or when you're in a relationship, you, as you were saying, lose yourself to that person, or it feels like all you are is about how they are going to love you. And you're basically addicted to their like source. It's, it's probably because there is this emptiness in you and, and no one can really fill that hole unless you work on it. And something that I find very important in the healing relationship and why we're talking about this is because like, if you're not dealing with this, you're always going to feel unsatisfied with whoever you're with, mm-hmm. no matter how great they are. Yes. No one will fill that, that void that's within us and no relationship, yeah. no substance, no nothing. And it's just, coming to terms of, am I ready to end this cycle that I constantly find myself in? And that was honestly the catalyst of me getting into my healing journey. It was to the point that I constantly was attracting emotionally unavailable men and just throwing myself out and just how they wanted me to be and like how they want me to get my hair done, even if they were paying for it. It was like, oh, okay, I'll do it this way. And it was just molding myself exactly how they wanted. If they wanted me to wear a belt, I'm like, okay, I'll wear a belt. Like even the littlest things, but it was like 
how do I get you to love me more? How do I get you to finally excuse me? Because when someone's emotionally unavailable, they're unavailable to their emotions. And if someone is unavailable to their own emotions, they don't even have the capacity to actually obtain your emotions and actually value your emotions. And that's the biggest. Yeah. They, yeah, they can't hold space for that. Uh, I often attract emotionally unavailable people. And I think it's deep down because like, although I crave that type of love, I think I'm also scared of it Mm -hmm. because it is unfamiliar. And because I'm so like used to dealing with the, like the chase, the chase of, just how you said it like the being the chosen one yes. that hits so hard it difficult for it's ourselves. so true believing that love can't just be easy I mean granted of course yeah. a relationship a conscious relationship takes communication boundaries vulnerability so it is hard work mm-hmm. but when it comes to the dating world that's why oftentimes I see others and myself in the past where I self-sabotage a healthy potential relationship because I'm like heck no this is way too easy. This is destruction. And I'm like, and if there's none, I'm going to make it. (laughs) And yeah, that pushes you further away from what you say you want. And it's just going into Mm -hmm. this wound and really addressing this wound head on. And that's going to free you and make you realize, you know, nowadays night date, I'm, I'm all about emotionally availability, but the old me was I said I was, but I really wasn't. And now I look for calmness. I need a grounded partner. I can't just go with chaos like yeah. I used to. Yeah, no more bad boys. <laughs> no, thank you. No, they, they look nice. They're fun, but no more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, boundary. The sexual tension is good, but that's about it. Yeah, and that's the biggest <laughs> thing I look for when I am dating. It's when I am dating, it's if I find that, if I feel that hit, those butterflies instantly that passion, that addiction that is my cue that is my cue to back up and not keep going down that path because I know like if I'm already putting myself ahead of this person who I don't even know and fantasizing that's a sign that I am more than likely going to self-abandon but true like love I believe is a slow burn it's not supposed to be that like hit like we're used to from growing up it's like that and also I think and that cultivating yeah. the relationship and feeling safe. That's a big one. Cause I sure as heck know yeah. I've never felt safe in my past relationships when I was with toxic partners. No, because like I think and it's not even just our parents. Like if you think about like media in general, like movies and all of that, it's always mm-hmm. always around this idea of like the truth is very toxic love because safe love the, like Cinderella. the like, yeah the the slow burn that we're talking about like no one would make a movie about that <laughs> it's always where yeah, they're because often, it's real like chaos and and a bit of like toxicity and like anger and whatever and and we kind of like that adrenaline and something that I was thinking about is how Sometimes it's not that we like, obviously we do want that safe love because who doesn't want to feel safe when they're loving someone? The truth is, if you don't feel safe in partnerships, it probably means that you've never really like fully loved someone because love requires safety. Love requires a container that, you know, you can actually just kind of burst out into. And yeah. And one of the things that I was thinking about is how because of the experiences that you had as a child 
not only from your father, but even from the relationship that your dad had with your mom, like you're not even going to like deep down, you're not going to believe that there are any relationships like that. And I think that's why we self-sabotage. Like when we see someone that is healthy and they love us exactly as we wanted them to, like suddenly we feel like, no, there's something mm-hmm. here. Like I, I don't want to get close. We look, we create red flags yeah. in people when there's none. And I mean, again, no one's perfect, but when things are going good, we'll be like, well, they um, put a period after this, <laughs> like not like that yeah. to the extreme, but we will make up problems when mm-hmm. there's not. And then for the ones that are not good, let all of the red flags be white flags. Literally the amount of <laughs> justifying that I did for like my exes mm-hmm. of like behavior that was clearly toxic and very like just not aligned with my values and the person that I was and I was just like oh that's fine like it's just because this and that and like their parents and their childhood and like all the justifications in the world and that's yeah, fine making excuses <laughs> for them totally yeah and we got to put ourselves first because by doing that, we're putting ourselves second. And especially now with like what I do for work, it's, I see through everything. I feel through everything. I notice wounds without even someone telling me. And it's just understanding where someone is in their journey and just knowing what will come with it because no one's perfect. Everyone's on their journey. If they are appealing, hopefully they are, but some aren't. And it's just having the understanding of, this person may have not resolved their parent wound and what could come with it. You know, I have friends that are with partners who are just addressing their parent wounds and it's caused so much chaos in their situations already. And because they were not aware of it until things came up until children happened. And that's why it's so important. I always say when we heal these wounds, we heal our children, whether our children are, we have children physically right now, or we plan to have children. It's like, being the cycle breaker through these wounds is so crucial if you want to allow your children to have a life that maybe you didn't have when it came to your parents. Yeah, I think it's really important. And and actually, like, I think obviously, as we've been talking about, like the father wounds uh, defines or my um, influence the partners that we choose when we haven't like processed all of that. And so what happens is you're also not only like not healing your own trauma and cycle, which will be reflected onto your kids, but you're also choosing someone like a partner that is probably not going to be good for your kids. (laughs) That for me is so important nowadays. Like actually something that I decided to do once I started to heal. And I feel like this is really like uh, a never ending journey, just like any other healing journey. There's always more depth to our wounds. There's always something that just resurfaces and we're like, oh, damn, like this is still here or let me work on this. Um, And even in safe relationships, like, you you know, I I think I'm going to start getting into these like healthy relationships for the first time in my life. And I know it's going to be so challenging. (laughs) Oh, it's yeah, totally. (laughs) Totally. I mean, My last relationship I was in with my ex, we had a really healthy relationship and he was a really great guy. And people ask me, well, why do you guys break up? And it's just because someone's a great guy doesn't mean they're a great guy for you. You know, I knew that when it came with me and like, I send him so much love. So if he happens to listen to this, 
sending you love. It's, it's nothing. It wasn't that it was more so where I was in my journey. Mm-hmm. And just because someone's a great guy doesn't mean they are for you. Mm-hmm. But one thing I will say is we would have like weekly check-ins on talking about what's working, what's not working and what can we do better. And we would have those like every Sunday and it was so phenomenal and very vulnerable. Yeah. And we would speak our boundaries. Even if I was like, I would still accept it and respect it because I honor with the boundaries, yeah. but the healthy relationships are the, where the really, I always say it's like where the work really begins. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, like that vulnerability is exactly what we crave. It is hard and it is re- really challenging, but the truth is like you were talking about attracting unavailable people. Like if you're accepting those and that's why I say like it's important to have a container and a safe relationship in order for you to actually love because love is about vulnerability too like because mm-hmm. when you're vulnerable you're allowing yourself to be seen and you're allowing yourself to be loved for who you truly are and not for like this image of you that you want other people to perceive you as and I think a really important part of this journey and something that um, I've done was creating a list of, for example, what I would like to find in an ideal partner and partnership. Mm-hmm. And it has brought me so much clarity. Cause it's like, if you don't know, cause the truth is until a certain period of my life, I was just like, Oh my God, I like him. He likes me. That's, that's good enough. But the truth is if you truly want to build something like you have to be intentional about it. You have to set boundaries with yourself. You have to gain that clarity. And it has helped me so much because just like you're saying, it's not that they like, oh, they're good. So that's checked in. Like, it's not like being good or being healthy isn't enough. Like they have to match you on a like level. Four values, all of that. I love that. I used to do that. I still do that. And it's funny because when I go on dates, I will be like, Okay. Like, cause you know, dating is all just like getting to know. I used to think dating is like, I need this person needs to be the one. And now I'm just like, no, this is fun. I'm getting to know myself more. Mm-hmm. I'm getting to know this person and like traits that I find. I'm like, okay, we're going to add that to my list. Like it's, it's awesome. And I love that. <laughs> yeah. It, like, it's like almost like interviews <laughs> without them knowing as interviews. And it's just really getting clear because again, this is your partner. And if you are someone who wants kids or not, it's also going to be your husband more than likely, or your wife or whatever you're into. And it's just getting clear on that. Like it's more than just like, this is going to be the partner that you're with for the remainder of your life. Like it's a big deal. It is. It's, do you want to feel safe and grounded with this person or do you want to feel chaotic? And I know with like my work and helping others heal their wounds, it's, I need yeah. a grounded person because I can't do this work and function in a unstable, dysfunctional foundation. Literally. Like I did in childhood. There is no way I could do that. Yeah. Another thing is like, usually when you have, you were talking about like in the beginning, how we as kids, sometimes we kind of parent our own parents and we tend to do that a lot in relationships too. Um, when, especially mm-hmm. when they're like, a bit more childish or unavailable or whatever it's like we try to guide them into their own journeys and that's something that I Mm -hmm. find that like it just doesn't work something that for me is really important is like being um 
like in partnership with someone that is self-aware, that is willing to do their own work. Like, obviously I can help, but like, I can't do the work for them. I can't do the work for anyone anyways, but like trying to change your partner. I feel like that happens a lot because the truth is you want someone else, but you've accepted that person. And so you try to like change them or make them like something that fits you. When in reality, sometimes we just have to accept this person isn't for me. And that's why healing the father wound is so important because like we need, I think the father wound, what it really is, or at least, I don't know if you agree with this, you're the expert, but I think most of it is the abandonment wound too, right? Mm -hmm. The abandonment wound, the neglect wound, the guilt wound, but generally guilt wound is with the mother wound. But yeah, all of those, but the abandonment wound predominantly. Yeah, Yeah, right. You're right about that. And it's just kind of also seeing that when you have to parent your parent, mm-hmm. I know we're str- like focusing on the father wound, mm-hmm. but that as a lot of times the mother wound, when yeah, yeah. you had to be the between your parents for your mother. Yeah. A lot of times it's that mother wound that comes into those relationships where you feel like I'm parenting. I have to parent this person. I have to make sure they're, and it's like, no, this is not this is a job for you to like enjoy life and not have to be the parent. Yeah. It's pleasure and fun and, and connection. It's not about like trying to shape someone. Um, But yeah, I think the the father wound is mainly about abandonment. And so if you want to heal the father wounds, maybe start there, start with your abandonment wound. I feel like that's a big one for me right now. Like I, for the first time in like nine years, I'm officially single and it's so weird for me. And I'm at this stage where I'm like trying to like just surrender to the process. Cause if it was like the previous version of me, I would be like, like panicking to be like single and like not know anyone. And I would probably be talking to all the guys to just find someone or whatever, even unconsciously. And it's the first time that I'm like, just trying to pause and be like, okay, I know that that person will eventually come through and it will eventually show up for me. And I just have to trust that, like, obviously I'm going to be open to love. I'm going to be open to partnership and I'm going to invite that in because I desire that right now. I don't feel like Mm -hmm. I want to like chase that. It's the first time that I feel like I don't want to chase it. It doesn't mean that, you know, if someone approaches me or if, you know, if for some reason someone shows up, like, I'm going to be open. I want to get to know you. Like, let me see. Like, maybe you're the right person for me. And that is something that I desire. But it's so funny because the biggest challenge that I've been facing is that feeling of like abandonment, of not feeling that love or not feeling like someone cuddle me or someone love me or someone like, just be worried about me. And, and deep down it's because I never had that during like my childhood. Mm -hmm. The other day I was having, um, a little breakdown session moment (laughs) where I was just like dealing with, you know, just losing someone that moved countries. And like, it really has been challenging for me to deal with that. And what I realized is that it, it, like one of the things that hurts me the most is, for example, like crying or being in a bad place and not having anyone to support me and be there by my side and specifically a partner. Cause I've always seen like romantic relationships as my family, <laughs> like mm-hmm. <laughs> father wound totally. Um, but what I realized is that my pain, the pain that I was feeling in that moment wasn't just from that situation. It came from way before that. 
And it was the feeling of like not having that like father by my side when I was going through everything that I was going through, not having that support. And, and even worse than that, like, like the reason why I felt the way I felt was because of him in the first place. So it's like, I'm finally giving myself space to deal with that. And, and it's been a really like challenging, but also freeing like uh, chapter of my life. Cause it's the first time when, well, where I don't feel the need to go after someone to just, you know, have a quick fix. And I'm opening myself up to like, okay, let me just be in this place that I am right now. And that's when you know that you're kind of starting to heal when it's okay for you to not be with someone to like have a a rebound or whatever. It's just like, okay, like I know what I desire, but it doesn't mean that I crave it or I'm addicted to it. Exactly. And I want to honor you for that because that is hard work. And I remember when I first started on that journey of learning how to be independent and on my own and then, and, but it was, so hard but it was also so gratifying so exactly what you're feeling and Mm -hmm. saying it was being able to be okay with being on my own because if I don't learn to love my own company how do I expect to know which company I want to be included with or to add to my company you know oftentimes it's like oh my god I want to be alone I need to find someone okay well like first off I don't even know who the heck I am alone Mm -hmm. and how I feel alone so now I'm just attaching to this person where honestly, I value my alone time. Like when I do find my partner, I'm going to be doing my own things as well. Like I'm going to have balance and I want him to have his own things because, but the old me would be like, we have to do it together. Why don't you want me there? I remember my ex, my ex used to always go to like, he had a supercar and he would go to car shows to take his car. And I'm just like, what do you mean? Like, you don't want me like, what? Are you going to go wash your car by yourself? Why are you going to wash your car by yourself? Can I come? Like, and I'm just like, (laughs) Oh my God, no, he needed his own time. And it was, yeah. that, why don't you want me there? Why don't you want me with you? Why don't you want me? And it was the inner child. And like what you were saying, or you felt like yeah. that, that pain come up and you knew it was really stemmed from childhood. It's like that inner child, that little girl within you will literally run the show until we start reparenting and still we start addressing this wound. And that's why it's so crucial because when we can start really reparenting that little girl and being your own parent, then you can start cultivating so much goodness in your life without condition. Cause many of us come yeah. from a conditional factor. And one thing I really want to include mm-hmm. is the fact that the father, when I know right now we're talking more about um, how the father wound can affect relationships in, in love relationships, but it can yeah, yeah, also yeah. affect love relationships in a way of being so hyper-independent and making excuses as to why you're so busy so that you don't even go into the relationship. So I want to voice that for those who are listening and, and acknowledge yeah. that also you go to the complete opposite side of the, of the spectrum. You can go from like, I need someone. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I need to live with someone to being like, screw man. My dad was not trustworthy. I don't trust anyone and I'm fine by myself. I can do everything by myself, Miss Independent. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, where it can be so independent, but is in this, is this independence pushing me away from things that I truly deeply yearn for? And maybe I'm not going to say I do, but deep down yeah. in my heart, I know I want that because I have seen it. And sometimes I do get backlash on my posts because talking about taboo topics like this, that's just what yeah. comes with it. But sometimes people will say, well, there's nothing wrong with being independent and there's nothing wrong with independence. 
But when it comes to sabotaging your life, your relationships, that's when it's something to look into because then you're missing out on the good things that you are deserving of. Yeah. Because the truth is like, are you really independent if you can't coexist with someone else or if you can't let go of your own control? Because the truth is, if if you can't like kind of cooperate with someone, like the truth is you're scared of losing that control, meaning that there's a part of you that you're like not really protecting. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And it's all protecting. It's all a trauma response. So there's nothing wrong with that if you find yourself in it. But it's more so an indicator of like healing that wound so you can receive the love that you want. So you don't have Mm -hmm. to allow that inner child to run the show and be afraid and not wanting to get close to anyone because Mm -hmm. work and all of those hitting all of those milestones can only do so much. And I was someone who had the good job in the city who was making a ton of money and whatnot. And I was so freaking empty inside and no one would have guessed. And that's when I made a post about yesterday. It's like, I had the good job. I had the guy with the Ferrari. I had the lifestyle. I had the going boating every weekend, all of the fun. Mm -hmm. And I was so broken inside and no one would have guessed. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the biggest things I will say is like the parent wounds. It's, it can, it's, it's easy in the beginning to try and pretend like you're okay, but it comes a point yeah. when you reach your breaking point. And that was where yeah. I, I reached my breaking point. And that's when I got into this healing and I was like, no effing more, no more. I love that. I love that. I think there is always that breaking point for me. I think I spent like my entire life trying to like actually be chosen, not just in partnerships, but in my life, like I was never like the cool kid or I was never like the person that anyone would choose, or at least that's what it always Mm -hmm. felt like to me. And I spent my entire life trying to like, like be perceived in a like confident way that I was like the shit (laughs) and that I was like this person that in reality, like I did not feel that way. And I felt so empty inside, like in my, I remember that at the time I was, I was already working with social media and I was like posting photos every day, just like mm-hmm. I'm thriving babes. Same. And literally like I would like on the same day, I was probably having a mental breakdown, eating like mm-hmm. uh, alcohol from my dad's like basement thingy. And and literally like crying over guys or life or like listening to the pressing songs <laughs> and so just like real. even harming myself on, on many levels. And, and it was all because like, there was that like pain in me that I wasn't addressing. No amount of external validation will heal this wound. I mean, I was yeah. an EMT. I became an EMT. I'm, I'm convinced because I wanted to feel important. So I'm helping other people to feel important because of what I didn't feel in childhood. And it was a very rewarding job. Don't get me wrong. But I knew there was that ego that was running the show of I'm in my uniform. I'm helping people. I'm an EMT, you know, and then I got into also bodybuilding competitions where my physique was on point to a T like I knew I had a great body, but yeah. 
inside mentally, I was struggling. And that's the thing, no amount of how you look, no amount of makeup. And that's the thing about the industry. And there's nothing wrong with like taking care of yourself, self-care wise. Mm -hmm. But when you are creating that to be your, I'm enough, I'm my self-worth, that is when you lose. That is when that just doesn't happen that way. You know, so now I value things so different. And it's funny you said that about the selfies because I look back in my archive on my Instagram and I have so many freaking selfies of myself. And I'm like, oh my God. And I was like, that was when I was the most empty and most insecure. And now that I've been on my healing journey for like a few years now, I don't even know how to take a selfie. I'm like, I feel so uncomfortable posting (laughs) this selfie. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's where I am now. And I'm just like, How interesting that works out where when I'm super insecure and I don't love myself, I'm posting selfies all the time. And now I'm just like, that was, that would be weird for me, given my, like my, given my vision, you know? So it's just interesting how much shifts when you really learn to love yourself and validate yourself and have self-worth because it's all self, self-worth, self-love. It all has to do with inward. And then you're just like, cool. Yeah. I post cool. If I don't cool, I don't need that. Those likes. I don't need those extra likes. I don't, you know, I don't need that person, that guy to look at my story. Cause I was so guilty. Yeah. About <laughs> no, literally I was, especially with the guys, I swear it's always been about the guys. It's like getting the validation, getting them to desire me or want me, even mm-hmm. if I didn't want them, like I just wanted that. That's and one yeah. of the things that I used to do a lot was like post a lot of like, I guess, more sensual pictures. Mm-hmm. And especially when I was like heartbroken, <laughs> I would do that a lot. And Man. it's so funny because if I do it now, Man. it's like, it has a reason or a purpose or yeah. I, for some reason, I might just look fucking sexy and hot on that day. But but it's not like, oh, let me just like pose and like show everyone how cup. hot I am. Yeah, because yeah, it's like, that I don't need that. Yeah, it's like, just like when you need to show everyone how good you have it and you're like, look how good I am. Look how good I have it. Look how hot I am. It's probably because you don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing with social media, I feel nowadays. It's like yeah. people post what you want you to see, what you what they want you to see. That is the biggest thing. Yeah. People post what they want you to see. You don't really know what's going on. And I constantly remind myself of that. Yeah, because it's, it's challenging wrapped up in what Instagram mm-hmm. shows and the money and Literally. the beauty and the vacations. And it's like, you don't really know what's going on with their mental health. You know, a lot yeah, of people literally. struggle with mental health and it's just not talked about enough. And that's why I'm so grateful mm-hmm. to be having this conversation because our yeah. parental wounds are our foundation wounds. And depending on how our foundation was, and many of us did not have healthy foundations. And if you did, beautiful. Yeah. Probably you're not listening to this podcast, but if you are, yeah, <laughs> honored, honored. Because when I hear there's yeah. parents that were like secure attachment, I'm like, wow, thank you. I don't hear enough of this. But it's just like Literally. reminding ourselves that our parental wounds are our foundation. And whether it's your mom or dad, it does significantly impact you. And the more that we ignore it, the more it's going to show up in your life, in your face over and over and over again, again, until yeah. you're just like, finally, fine, fine, fine. What do I need to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm all here now. Like I'm so yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. It's literally like that. It's like, 
it's just there's no point in in resisting that uh, wound i know it's really hard uh it is challenging i mean we can't lie about that it is challenge yeah challenging but i think that it it's so freeing like it's so liberating it's so empowering as well when you finally are able to look at the world and you just feel like you know, not everything has to be chaotic or something that, you know, you probably understand about parental wounds is that if you didn't have a very like, well, you had a dysfunctional childhood or you had a lot of like chaos in your household, like you're kind of in a a fight or flight like loop all the time. And one of the like greatest things that I've accomplished, I would say, has been like feeling safe like feeling safe Mm. in my emotions feeling safe like to just be myself and obviously there's still certain challenges that i'm like learning to navigate because the Mm -hmm. process of reparenting yourself it takes time it's not just like telling yourself oh yeah set boundaries and that's it like every time i try to set boundaries especially with a guy like i feel so much like resistance yeah don't leave me and you're like I love that you said that for sure. And what you had said when it comes to like these, this healing of these wounds is, is, is challenging, but you know, what's more challenging is neglecting yeah. yourself, abandoning yourself, totally coping with um, really destructive mechanisms. That is more challenging. So when I look back, I'm like, I choose the healing journey because living in survival was so detrimental. I didn't know if mm-hmm. when my last day was going to be. And I mean that literally so, like, I was I had suicidal ideation. I it was deep, it wounding. And that's yeah. the thing. It's either do you want to take the route that's gonna go through the darkness to get to the light so you can live a liberated, free life and be able to actually feel your feelings and suppress them, or continue to find yourself in this cycle of complete destruction and constantly yeah. feeling like you're not enough and that you have to continue to try and mold yourself. That is freaking tiring. Yeah, it is. And it's like, it just gets worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's really the worst thing you can do for yourself. And I guess there, there's always this point. I mean, I guess if you're listening to this, you already kind of understand this, but there's always a point where you just, you desire change, like you're done. Yeah. And sick of your own. And shit. that's, yeah, exactly. Like it's time. Okay. Yes. Like I'm not ignoring this anymore. So I guess since we're on the topic, like, how would you say you can heal from these wounds from specifically from the father wounds? So first things first is having awareness, owning this wound, like owning it as in like getting real mm-hmm. with yourself of what wasn't okay. That's the biggest thing because that's what holds us back. That's what holds us back the most, especially society. Society will say, well, that are, that's, you only have one father. You only have one mother. Okay. Well, you know what that's doing to you? That is telling you that your pain is not valid. And the more that you don't validate your emotions and your feelings, the more you're going to continue to find yourself in these loops, these cycles, these situations. So it's first and foremost, trying to put that societal point of view aside because society doesn't want you to go into that stuff. You know, I feel like our generation now, we're like actually Mm -hmm. getting the tools, the conscious awareness of what wasn't okay. So first thing first totally. is having awareness and being honest with yourself. Cause if you can't be honest with yourself, the chance mm-hmm. of you being honest with others is very hard to say that is the case because 
it all starts with us. Yeah. So first it's getting really honest of what happened. And then I could go into really grieving the father that you always wanted, but never had. So feeling into those emotions, which can be really difficult. That's why I often say like, get, have someone that you feel really safe with, have a therapist, have a guide, have a mentor or coach, someone that's really there to help you process that pain. Because for me, for example, I needed someone, I couldn't do it on my own. And you know what? I could have probably done it on my own, but it would have took probably like two years. And yeah, exactly, exactly. You have your own threshold. You're like, I can do this. I'm going to go in. And then you're, you have, you cap out because there's so much unsafety in that shadow. And that's why I have my own coach and whatnot going into trauma as well, because our brains will only keep us in this capacity, just like it did prior to you not going into the wound. So feeling the wound, like mm-hmm. when they say you have to feel it to heal it. I know that sounds cliche for those who have heard this a thousand times, but yeah. it's true. It's so that true. is where your authentic self is stored. Like your authentic self is stored in the wound, the pain that suppressed you from being able to be who you were. Yeah. So a lot of us are just filled with all of this shit of pain that's really covering us from stepping into our truth. Mm-hmm. That'd be the second thing is feeling, finding a safe place to feel. I love that. Then from there, really um, realizing what you needed most from dad and how can you show that up for yourself? How can you show up for yourself in that way as that inner father? Yeah. Even if we are women or even men who are listening, but either or we can still be that inner parent, that inner mother, that inner father. So it's how can I start fathering myself? Mm-hmm. For growing up, I needed that, yes, as a child. But as we get older, we don't. We are the only ones we need. Mm-hmm. As a child, you needed that because that was your way of survival. That mm-hmm. was your way of being a child and not having the emotional tools. Yeah. But when you're able to look or you work with a coach or whatnot, you're able to start reparenting yourself and giving yourself those needs and really connecting with your inner child, which is that younger part of you that lives within you. Would you say that like basically connecting to the father in you is kind of the same thing as connecting Mm -hmm. to your inner masculine energy? Yeah, actually. Beautiful. Beautifully put. Yeah. It's like being that parental, that masculine, that safe role that you needed to feel those emotions. That way you don't feel like you need to look for someone else or ponder or wish that there was someone there while you were feeling your emotions. It's more Mm -hmm. so like comforting yourself. Being that inner parent for you as that inner child is grieving, that is power because Mm -hmm. you are literally allowing yourself to come back to wholeness. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, because like, sorry, Mm -hmm. I was going to say, because when we like neglect these wounds and kind of push them away, the truth is we are like abandoning a part of us a part of us that is in pain, a part of us that needed love and didn't receive it in the way that they needed it or expected it. And when we start that journey, we can finally like bring that like into ourselves and fully like kind of become whole. And I think for me, like connecting to my inner masculine energy like has been really good, honestly. Like at first it was very challenging, but now it's so good because it's like, I get to set more boundaries and I've never, like, I used to say yes to all the guys for all the wrong reasons. It was really hard for me to say no. Um, Like uh, being disciplined. I had a 
like I had a lot of struggles with being disciplined because my dad was like hypercritical. Like it was, it felt like I was in a military or something. And mm. yeah. And it was like, I could never just chill because I was either lazy or when I started gaining a bit of weight, like he used to make me run like at 6am or something. Like it was always just like, you need to do so you can be worthy or something. Right. And, and so I had a, like you're not enough as you are. Yeah. And so I had a really weird relationship with discipline. And when I found my own way, cause that's the thing, like when you get to be your own parent, you get to do everything on your terms. Like if something feels good, then mm-hmm. you do it. And if something doesn't feel good, you don't do it. If something is nurturing you, then you go for it. If something is draining you, then you just withdraw. And for example, I've been moving my body almost every single day. And it's the first time in my life that I'm like feeling safe in that practice without feeling like I need to look a certain way. Because up until now, I used to like work out and I was always just checking my body and like, oh, I'm getting muscle or I'm like getting thinner and whatever. And and so you start kind of when, when you start parenting yourself you heal not just for the relationships but you create a better relationship with yourself you become the the parent that your inner child needs and when that happens your inner child can do so many wonders for you because as i said previously on another episode like your inner child is literally like the creative energy in you it's the dreamy energy like they want to explore Mm -hmm. they want to just see the world they're curious uh and they're not going to be held back by any limitations because for a kid everything is possible like they believe in like magical fairy tales and whatever so they will believe you're telling me they're not real (laughs) yeah you're telling me fairy tales are not real literally (laughs) no seriously though it is and um that's the case with that wound and the thing is is the more we address our father wound the more creativity comes out of us I literally had a client on two days ago was she was like I'm so creative now and I'm like (laughs) yeah because your mother wound has been impacting that creativity because we're holding on to so much resentment and anger that Mm -hmm. we finally were able to feel and process and now the authentic self is shining through yeah and the authentic self allows you to come back to that inner child wonder yeah so beautiful that you said that and that's just like the biggest thing and Also, it's just, again, the reparenting, connecting with the inner child, becoming your own inner masculine and feeling safe to do so. Because again, if you are not in tune with your own emotions and in honest and real with your own emotions, that is preventing you from being emotionally unavailable to an actual partner. Yeah. You can't connect with other. I know I already said that, but like you cannot connect with others if you're not emotionally available to you. You can to an extent, but there's threshold there's a stopping point you know Mm -hmm. and that's why it's so important to gain a lot of times some uh, I have clients that come to me and they're either desensitized or they don't feel safe to feel their emotions and yeah that's why we go through a whole process of kind of like creating safety in the body to feel only those feel those emotions again because in order for us to feel safe to heal this in order for us to heal this wound we need to learn to feel safe in our bodies to go into the wound and that is where like the psycho a psycho all that, um, those dynamics are crucial when it comes to healing work. So also make sure you're being guided by someone who is trauma-informed because mm-hmm. you can't just go right into it Yeah, because exactly. that can be re-traumatizing or traumatize you worse. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I 
I was working with a client of mine. Uh, her mom died like a few years ago and she wanted to like be able to grieve. She basically had this like literally blocked her emotions. She didn't know how to deal with like emotions in general. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was like, okay, so you want to heal from that, but obviously we can't start there because that's too big. So we're going to start with the smallest <laughs> little things. It's so like every day, like when you're upset about something, when like uh, you're even happy about something, because it's not just the bad emotions. Like when we don't feel the bad, sometimes we don't mm -hmm. even allow ourselves to feel the good ones too, at least not to the full like extent exactly. of them. And, and we started working small because really like just like you said the first thing that you need to do is create safety without safety you really will not like have the space to to feel it all because it is like hard and and it will be tough and it's like if a child is going through a lot they're probably going to look for a parent to like help them and you need that too yes and if we don't go into safety first it, we are, we're staying in that trauma response, mm -hmm. that flight, fight, freeze, fawn. Yeah. I love and it. that is the thing is like, it's hard for us to actually have mindfulness when we are stuck. Our brain is stuck in that response mm -hmm. of like we, how you had said in the beginning where we are in like this trauma response all the time from our nervous system being in it from childhood Yeah, and feeling neglected and feeling alone and feeling not enough. So safety is crucial. So safety, number one, <laughs> number two is then going into being honest, well, being honest with yourself, safety, yeah, and then feeling your feelings, mm -hmm. and then beginning the reparenting process and really honing into that inner masculine. Yeah, I love that. I think that's, yeah, and that's that's the the process, so right? <laughs> and I think that is the process, it's not the process. necessarily I take my clients through the process <laughs> that I went through all of that. Yeah, and it's not necessarily linear. This is something that I always talk about when I'm talking about healing in general. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be linear, Viral. just like grieving. Like you're going to feel like sometimes you're at acceptance and other times you're denying or you're like in the bargaining, like it all happens kind of at once. And I think one of the most important mm -hmm. things that also creates safety is just accepting everything that you're feeling, whether it might not make sense, like even if it's crazy or it feels like you shouldn't be feeling this mm -hmm. way or it feels selfish or whatever if whatever you think logically it doesn't matter like if it's there you need to yeah. feel it and it's so important that you allow that absolutely i can't stress that enough because just it's just like we're saying like society kind of deems this like work because we always have to be grateful for our parents because like they gave us shelter like wow congratulations <laughs> like no yeah and that's the thing you know i i get so many comments especially now on youtube now i'm on youtube and i'm like oh god people are brutal brutal but at the same time i am honored to talk about this stuff because this is the stuff that is holding us back from breaking cycles for our children and our and our current children and our future children and just for ourselves when it comes to a healthy relationship. And a lot yes. of times people aren't ready for that and that's okay. That's where mm -hmm. they are on their journey. But if you truly want liberation and freedom, it all begins with your parent wounds because those are your foundation. Those are the people who brought you into your life, into this world. I love that. And mm -hmm. that is the biggest thing. And if we allow societal, no, like societal talk, to prevent us from healing, what are we telling society? That society is more important than my mental health than me being yeah. free? I don't think so. Exactly. Um, like, I don't think so. <laughs> I love that. I think that 
like whatever you feel about your dad, whether it's anger or disgust or like you missed him or whatever it is, it's really mm -hmm. just about accepting that. Uh, I was talking to you previously about the fact that um, I was in therapy last year and I did an exercise with my therapist. She basically suggested that I would write a letter to my dad. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've done those a bunch of times, but specifically right. at that moment, she was like, you're going to say everything that you've never told him, no matter how good or bad it is, like you just tell him everything. And mm -hmm. I think that was the the starting process of my acceptance, which was like, you know, dad, I hate you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I literally hate you so much. And that yeah. was the first time that I allowed myself to feel that. Mm. It didn't mean that I didn't also love him. I mean, I'm not saying that you necessarily have to love your dad because that's also a whole other discussion. But like, not all parents deserve our forgiveness or whatever. Like, forgiveness might also be just for ourselves. It doesn't mean that Amen. you need to reconciliate with your your parents like it depends i don't believe mm -hmm. that blood is everything like you get to you choose know. who you surround yourself with like you get to choose who nurtures you and if they don't then just leave them because they're not like adding anything to your life and Thanks. but i i truly really feel like uh, personally i do want to like learn to forgive and and I want to create the best relationship I can with my parents and it is challenging. Um, but I, I used to not be able to feel safe when I was around my dad, even if he was just chill, you know, I was always like very like hypervigilant and I would never just um, surrender or relax. I was always very tense. And like a few months ago, basically something happened where my dad kind of lost it and I saw him angry for the first time in a long time. And it was really triggering. Like I started shaking mm -hmm. like my body. It's funny because, you know, as I was going through that in my childhood, my body never like, or at least I never noticed my body like shaking and doing all these things. But now that I've created that relationship with my body, like it automatically, like I was just shaking. I was like, okay, I need to take a moment. And I like reparent myself. I'm just allowing myself to cry and allowing myself to feel all of that. And I had some time to process all of it. And like the, like a few days after I decided to have a conversation with my dad. Cause I knew that he, like, I could tell my, my dad has changed a lot and I could tell that he felt very guilty about what he had done. And mm -hmm. I just had a conversation with him saying like, okay, this is not okay. Uh, it was, he was acting like that with my sister. It wasn't even me, but I was like in the whole situation. And I was just like, you know, I know that you're trying to do the best you can. And, and basically I was just like, you know, I feel like I need to hug you for some reason. And for the first time in like, I don't even know when I hugged him and it was so weird, mm. but at the same time, I just felt something in me just kind of like oh i don't even know how to explain it i just felt like something that was just coming out and being released and it all started by like me accepting that i hated my dad and now i can say that i don't i don't at all like mm -hmm. i've come to understand like all the circumstances that made him like who he was when i was a kid I've learned to accept and forgive because 
like when you're still in denial or angry about the fact that you didn't get the dad that you thought you deserved and you probably did deserve like yeah. you you can't fully accept you can't fully like love them for all of it and and yeah, for me that was a, that a big resentment. journey and yeah you have that and I know exactly what you're talking about because up until I think a year ago or two years ago a year and a half ago I had that same uh same exact situation with my mother where like I finally gave my mom a hug without feeling really timid because my whole life I never could hug my mom without being like okay bye like half hug yeah okay bye and I actually yeah, just like myself pat too. on the back and like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it definitely dealt with my childhood trauma but it's I totally understand what you're saying and I completely agree and I'm really happy you stated that in regards to we really need to come to the place of learning when we're ready and only when we're ready the acceptance yeah. because I know therapy right now not all therapists but a lot um of therapy may tell you or society may say forgive forgive them because they're your only parent yeah. and sometimes yeah, yeah. we may tell ourselves which I find with clients they'll come to me and say well I forgive and then there's so much rage and anger that we haven't addressed because yeah, yeah, yeah. we've just allowed ourselves to slap on a sticker mm-hmm. of I forgive for this parent when we truly we truly haven't. And then we feel yeah. guilt because of society. But it's really just getting honest with yourself about how am I feeling right now? Because when you can get honest with yourself, then you can come from that to the forgiveness when the time comes, exactly. if it ever comes. I always tell my clients, if yeah, you I don't am- want to forget, you don't have to. I will never push that upon someone. Sometimes it's simply accepting what wasn't okay so you can be set free. Yeah, but it's exactly. coming to the place of feeling those emotions um, and getting real with those emotions. If you want to say, I hate you, like you said, or go die or any of that stuff. Yeah. It's like the, po- I always tell my clients, it's like the poison within you that's meant to come out. Doesn't mean that's who you are. That's just what's yeah. being presented with stuck energies inside the body that needs to be free. And if we aren't free with that, about ourselves and honest, we're not going to be able to come to the point of, you know, feeling better. And one thing I do want to say is addressing this wound is you don't have to mend the relationship with your father. Like healing the father wound is not forcing or mending a relationship with your father, especially if he's toxic or abusive or any of that. So I Mm -hmm. want you to know, like for me, for example, I was still able to address my father wound, even with my father not being around. So even yeah. if you've never met your father, you can still heal this wound. Even if your father's yeah. still in your life, you can still heal this wound. So I wanted to make that yeah. clear. It's not yeah. the, I need to have this conversation with my dad to feel finally that I healed this. That is not the case. It's healing for you. I love that. I think it's very easy to delay the process of like accepting and we want them to know like that they did us wrong or um we just want them yeah because we're like oh we need the closure but the truth is you might never get it you might never get the parent that you want Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that you don't get to have the inner peace that you deserve and I think that's the most important thing you don't have to mend the relationship you don't have to have a relationship with your parents uh with your dad in this case you just have to love yourself enough that you want to heal for you that you want to let go for you and you deserve that 
You deserve to be set free. Mm -hmm. You deserve to have that healthy relationship. You deserve to not sabotage your relationships. You deserve to make all the money in the world that you want. Because <laughs> a lot of times a parent wound and that limiting yeah. belief of I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, I can't be seen also holds us back from making our money. So it, it holds us back from so many things. Yeah. Um, I I want to share something that I, I was talking to you about as I was saying, like my therapist made me write a letter to my dad and I want to read it because I think it's really vulnerable, but I think it's really important because this is the beginning like of my journey. And I think it's going to help you understand right. that it gets to be okay, whatever you're feeling. So, I mean, I wrote it in Portuguese, but I'm going to translate it as I go. Um, so dear dad, <laughs> I used to see you as my best friend, my joy everything started fading away and all that was left was your bitterness with that i also got bitter i stopped trusting you and i stopped sharing my pain and i stopped feeling like i could count on you to keep me safe you were supposed to keep me safe from all the evil and pain in the world but i had to bear it on my own i had to mm. become cold in order to survive and i hate you for it Because in order for me to bear that pain, I had to lose myself. I was young and innocent and happy and you would hit me and that hurt. It didn't just, it wasn't just painful, but it hurt. I felt like I didn't deserve love. I didn't learn how to love myself. And if my own parents don't show me love or don't give me love, then I probably don't deserve it. I became a resentful person without patience and hopeless. I loved you. Today, I'm not capable of saying and feeling that love. I had to deal with the consequences of your immaturity and lack of consciousness. I had to be stronger than I was. I feel angry for what you made me go through. Angry because for a long time, I hated myself. Angry because I didn't deserve what I went through. I want to be happy and I want to release myself and free myself from all the fears that you created in me. And that was a letter. Beautiful. Honor. Thank you for sharing that with all of us. Yeah. Vulnerability. It is. And it's a hard pill to swallow. I remember writing that letter and yeah, I'm proud of you, sister. Really proud of you. That was, I didn't even expect that everyone who's listening. I had no idea either. So honored, honored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the first time I've actually read it out loud. I think that I, I wanted to show this letter and share it because, yeah, I want you to see the process. It's not always like, it's not that I was a bad person for saying these things. It's mm -hmm. just the angry, the anger that was actually pain, like it needed to be set free. It needed to be felt and addressed and And that's when I, I started my journey. And I mean, I had no idea that I would be able to heal so much since then. Like at the time I was in a uh, toxic relationship that lasted for seven years. And all the process of healing allowed me to understand that this person was just kind of um, perpetuating this cycle of emotional abuse and uh, emotional neglect and and betrayal and he used to cheat on me a lot and all these things and and I didn't want to let go and and starting this journey allowed me to to kind of 
parent myself in a way that I wanted to protect myself from that because yeah. I was done taking that pain from other people so I mm. think it's it's really a beautiful journey and it's so I'm, I'm so glad that we had this conversation <laughs> me too honestly healing it's it's parent wounds is like everything everything to me yeah. it means so much to me it really does just from like how much I've healed and I continue to do the work every single day. One thing I'll say with my clients, yeah, they know I back up what I teach. I've, they'll see me doing it in my stories and all of that. Like I practice what I preach and exactly. that's the biggest thing with these wounds. It's, it's an everyday thing, but it's a lot better than again, being in that toxic trauma and that cycle of destruction. It's how do I have that emotional muscle? I like to say like at the gym, it's like you work out every day to gain muscle same thing when it comes to your mental health and like creating an emotional routine for you to come home to yourself just as important if not more important yeah but everything is more important when it comes to health and all of that so oh yeah, yeah I know and some people may be listening they're like yeah. oh she's so happy because <laughs> I hailed my father and mother wound yeah <laughs> like I was yeah, never always like, like this people knew me I was drinking all the time yeah. I was a party girl I was like you'd just see me taking shots out at the club like you would Literally. see me and there's nothing wrong with drinking I mean I barely drink but there's nothing wrong with drinking but when you're drinking to suppress that's when we know there's wounding that needs to be addressed exactly I was literally such a dark person before and very pessimist like I just looked at the world through a completely different lens and like going on this healing journey like i mean i i can imagine that people that are still not there maybe even feel like are they faking it or something because for me it just felt impossible to like, leave Hi. that pain yeah. <laughs> yeah like for me it it really felt impossible for to to ever feel this way and 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 yeah i i deal with my challenges in a in a whole other way in a way that I can actually heal, I can actually overcome. It just, it doesn't get suppressed and it doesn't stay stuck in, inside me. That's everything. Yeah. We still feel our emotions. I still have tough days. I'm still human. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm just really passionate about talking about this topic in general, but it's like when we can start fully feeling our emotions in the full spectrum, that's when we continuously become free. And like you had said, it's because if we don't, it's all become stuck energy and then we feel heavier and then we we lash out on people and then we project our pain and then we allow the ego to take, take control and all of our shadows that we aren't even aware of or yeah. not willing to go into. It <laughs> just creates so much destruction, not just for us, but those we love around us as well. So it's just, yeah, you know, doing that, creating that ripple effect. Like they say, when you heal yourself, you heal everyone around you. And I'm a firm believer of that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You lead by example, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, I just, I love that conversation. I feel like we're done. I don't know if you want to share anything okay. else. Yeah, I mean, um, no, I think just to remind yourself that having a father wound does not mean you are broken or have damaged goods. You know, it's mm -hmm. just me. It's just what you were given, unfortunately, growing up. But it doesn't mean that there's not a way out. There's not liberation. There's not freedom. There's not love. There's not passion and happiness on the other side. So just for those who are listening, that may mm -hmm. be like, oh, I have a father and I know I do. 
But I wanted to let you know that Mm -hmm. there is freedom and there is a way for you to receive exactly what you desire, exactly what you want. And it really goes into Mm -hmm. going into this wound and rewiring the subconscious and coming home to yourself and reclaiming your power that you felt was taken from you at a young age, especially if you've dealt with abuse or emotional neglect or whatnot. You know, as a child, we feel like our pain, our power is taken from us. So now it's like our time to come home and you know, bring it back. And yeah, um, yeah. you know, we feel, we feel Mm -hmm. powerless when we don't heal ourselves. That's the truth because we're in cycles, repetitive loops and all of that. And we feel like, why is this happening to me? Why are all men like this or whatever? And you take your power back when you You decide to go on this When you're in alignment with yourself, you magnetize everything you've ever wanted. But a lot of times like that pain is what's preventing us from magnetizing all the things that we love and want. And that's why I'm a huge believer that we have to Mm -hmm. address these wounds or you don't have to do anything, but I recommend we address these wounds because these wounds block (laughs) us from our blessings and we can do all the manifestation work we want and all of that. But a lot of times it's, if I'm praying for someone and this great guy comes in, my father wound may sabotage that. And that's why it doesn't mean you can't receive when you manifest, but addressing these wounds will allow you to obtain and have what you deserve and not lose it or not sabotage it. So that's a big thing where when I, mm -hmm, it's like addressing your parental Mm -hmm. wounds, everything else you can obtain and feel worthy of having and whatnot and all of that. So they're just so crucial to get to the bottom. I know we keep saying that, but it's, yeah. it's, it's honestly like your livelihood. Let's free you. <laughs> um, and then, yes, yes, beautiful. Yeah, so again, for those who don't know, my name is Janelle Gorman. Yeah. I'm a father and mother wound coach, mentor, and I just take people through transformational journeys yes. of releasing the parent wound energetically. I add in breath work, spirituality, inner child, psychotherapy, all of that on helping you. Yeah. Really come home to yourself. And I do women's retreats. I have one in September in Sedona. I have one mm-hmm. spot left. So if you're someone who feels called to come, yes. I literally have one spot left. Um, and it's not till September. Please do. I'm going to put all the I links below. Coaching and I'm launching, actually, this is the first <laughs> time I'm sharing this. I'm launching a group coaching. Yes, oh my God, yes. And it's going to help you address your parent wound. And I haven't done a group mm-hmm. launch in over a year, like probably a year and a half to oh, two yeah. years. So this is going to be coming back better than ever. And I'm in the process of currently launching oh, it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. So guys, I'm going to leave all the details below so you can follow Janelle and continue to, you know, just have all her insight so you can help yourself on your own journey. Uh, I love everything she talks about and all her posts are really, really helpful, even for someone that is already doing the work. So yeah, stay in tune for all of that. I am sure that group is going to be really valuable. Yeah. Healing with others. You know, healing with others who are also going through that journey is potent. Yeah, exactly. It's better when you're not alone. <laughs> Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming to this show and to, you know, sharing your wisdom with us. 
think that was really good um, and valuable for everyone listening. And yeah, I think that's it. (laughs) Beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be able to share this with your community. And that was it for today. I know that you're probably mind blown. (laughs) Uh, I think this is one of those episodes that you probably want to come back to more than once because there's so much information, so much to take in. But I would definitely recommend that you check Janelle's socials. I'm going to leave them in the description of this episode. And that was it, guys. I hope you enjoyed it and talk to you very, very soon. Bye.